0: Welcome to Rooted and Reaching, a podcast about startups and entrepreneurs in the South Bend Elkhart region of India. My name is Nick Kuhn.
1: And I'm Bethany Hartley. Today, I'll be speaking with Mike Keene of Hometown Development. We'll be discussing incremental development and the work he's doing in the near Northwest neighborhood of South Bend. All right. Hi, Mike.
0: Hi, Bethany. How good are you? you? I'm doing good this morning.
1: Good, good. Well, thank you very much for joining us on Rooted and Reaching. We're happy to have you here.
0: I'm thrilled to be able to share the share the microphone with you. Yeah.
1: Well, so we're going to jump right in. We're going to let you introduce yourself, how you would describe who you are, what what you do, and then we'll dig into some of those entrepreneurial endeavors that you're focused on. So, take it away.
0: Okay, well, I'm Mike Keane and I would probably say I'm a town maker. And what I have been doing for the last Uh, eight years is trying to uh, put into practice uh, some of the principles of urbanism and sustainability that I used to teach at the university. And what we try to do is we try to make sure that everything we do is at the same time socially inclusive and equitable, ecologically friendly, and economically sound. And I've been trying to do that uh, through doing some uh, infill redevelopment over in uh, the near Northwest neighborhood here in South Bend.
1: That's no small feat that you're trying to tackle there. Prior to this eight years, what was your work? What did that look like?
0: I was a college professor. And so I taught uh, sociology, created the sustainability studies program over there. And so as a sociologist, uh, urban society was one of the things I focused on. And then in sustainability, started talking about triple bottom line, that ecological friendliness, the social inclusiveness and economic soundness. And when I uh, got out from the university and started to... uh, Uh, try to do a little bit of work in the neighborhood, it turned out that uh, small-scale development, or what we refer to as incremental development, kind of a step-by-step approach, and sustainability, which works best with a step-by-step approach, were just completely complementary. I didn't expect that, but it's been pretty amazing.
1: That's incredible. So talk a little about near Northwest Neighborhood. You've had... From an outsider's perspective, you've had some some good wins, and obviously, there's always challenges in any projects. But can you speak a little bit more specifically about the projects that you've worked on in that neighborhood?
0: Well, we uh, who live in the near northwest neighborhood, and I've lived in it for 25 30 years. We think of ourselves as one of the most uh, sharing and caring neighborhoods in the city. We also are a neighborhood of contrasts. We have the highest lead in the blood of children in the country. Hmm. Unfortunately, we made. Uh, front page news for that a few years ago. We have one of the highest concentrations of PhDs um, in the county, if not in the state. We were working in an area that's just two blocks away from where I live, corner of Portage and uh, California is where we do most of our work. And uh, that used to be a very vibrant commercial node, but due to redlining and racism and uh, industrial flight, uh, that neighborhood really declined. And over the last 20 years, uh, it's been slowly coming back, largely due to the leadership of the near Northwest neighborhood and some of their home building uh, affordable housing. Uh, but about eight years ago, we thought that we could start to do some market rate work there. So we began by renovating uh, what used to be the Free Ponds um, Flower Shop, over a long period of time, five years, uh, within several different small tenants, uh, we now have botany in there. It's kind of cool, an urban garden shop back where Flower Shop is. And that was our first project.
1: That's wonderful. So with the neighborhood development there, what what is on the horizon? What are some of the upcoming milestones or projects that are going to come online?
0: Well, it turned out, I sometimes refer myself as the accidental developer, <laughs> because really what I was going to do was help one of my uh, uh, partners who I had met when I was at the Sustainability Studies program build an example of a net zero home that he provides as much energy as that, uh, that it uses that he designed um, and uh, was trying to get out there because it was kind of innovative and we wanted to provide an example. But we didn't think anybody would be really interested in buying anything around the corner in the neighborhood with uh, that old uh, beat up flower shop and a couple of places next to it. And of course there was that uh, big elephant, the room we call the, the Ward Bakery. And so I thought I was going to renovate a few houses, uh, maybe build something, a couple of new houses. But about three or four years into the project, in a conversation with Tim Corcoran, our city planner, he said, you know, Mike, you're doing something more than that here. This is really a demonstration project. And so I began to think about it. And I thought, well, yeah, what we're doing is what we call the Portage Midtown Sustainable Neighborhood Demonstration Project. And it turns out it's not just building one net zero house or redoing a uh, A flower shop. Uh, It's become a 15 year project uh, that will uh, produce $15 million worth of investment in the neighborhood. We're in year seven.
1: Hmm. And is 15 years still? a reasonable
0: mile. Uh, Yeah, I'm hoping actually to maybe shorten that a little bit Um, and the reason for that is if we do everything ourselves then we're probably talking 15 years Uh, but if we can get some other small scale developers to join us we can actually shave some of the time off of that and we've gotten a couple of folks to come in. We don't believe uh, and we don't think that what we want is one big developer in our neighborhood quite frankly we don't want one big developer in our city Mm. we want a whole bunch of small scale developers working together doing what we called distributed development. It's kind of like an ecosystem, kind of following that some of that uh, biophilia or old nature stuff I used to teach, right? In an ecosystem, you don't have one king or one queen. You have a bunch of organisms that work together collectively to support uh, you know, themselves, but also contribute to the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we try to help do, not only in, in the near northwest uh, neighborhood in, in, in South Bend, but also helping other people in other neighborhoods do the same thing.
1: So you've, you've spoke about how this is an ecosystem and the different players involved. Can you speak to as you were starting this and as well as who's endured alongside you, who are those partners that are engaging with you?
0: Well, I mean, what we try to do is we try to find partners in the public, not for profit and private sectors. Mm -hmm. So my private sector partners are folks like um, Dwayne Borkholder, head of Borkholder building. He was the founder of New Energy Homes and Mm -hmm. his son, Corbin. Uh, Greg Kill has become a partner uh, and so has Tyler Kanczewski, vice president of sustainability and marketing at uh, uh, Innovative Solar. Mm -hmm. In the public sector, Director Alcania Ardridge was one of our early supporters. Tim Corcoran, Mm -hmm. a city planner, was really one of the first people to come to the city uh, in that office and with really a good uh, appreciation of of, of new urbanism. Mm -hmm. We've worked with also in the uh, not-for-profit, we've been working with folks like uh, Kathy Schuth, leader of the NNN, Mm -hmm. Near Northwest Neighborhood uh, Incorporated. So what we find is that to make this small scale development work, whether it's in our neighborhood across the city or we now uh, do consulting with other cities, you really need to bring together a set of champions that come from these different sectors and who want to collaborate. Because what is we found is the private sector cannot do it by themselves. We can't do the kinds of things that need to be done with zoning, sewer uh, and streets and things like that. The public sector can't do it alone. They're not going to get out there and do the development. They're not Mm -hmm. going to do the projects. And the not-for-profit sector can't do it alone. It turns out that any one of us by ourselves can't really make that big of a difference. You know, we can make some, but when we come together in what's called a PPN, a public-private not-for-profit collaboration, that synergy can really accomplish a huge amount. We're seeing that happen here in South Bend.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's been some lessons learned in your journey here. Have there are there any that stick out top of mind?
0: I, I think there's perhaps two lessons that stick out. Number one, you got to do something.
1: Mm-hmm. You can't
0: just sit around and plan and talk about it. And number two, start small. And move incrementally. That way, uh, when you make mistakes, they don't cost as much. Uh, and uh, the whole idea is kind of what we learn from innovation is to fail forward. The way you learn is by making mistakes. You learn from those mistakes. If you think about it, you know Michael Jordan was one of our greatest basketball players. Uh, how many thousands of shots did he miss mm-hmm. in order to become like, one of the top basketball players in the world?
1: Yeah. Yeah, really good, really good advice, definitely, and good lessons learned. As we think about who might be listening to this and thinking there are a lot of, we spoke with someone who's doing some small residential development as well, just getting into this experience, into development, and I know that wasn't your intent from the beginning, but w- what advice would you give for someone that is thinking about, okay, maybe I do just want to redevelop one home. What does that look like? What are things that they should be thinking about?
0: Well, first of all, what I would say for anybody doing anything, and this, is, this included small-scale development, is see if you can't find yourself a mentor you know, or more. Mm -hmm. Uh, and begin to talk with them to start with and find other people who have done it, very rarely are you going to find that you're the first one doing anything (laughs) anywhere you're at. Now, if you are, that's beautiful. uh, And then go for it uh, and then help others. But typically speaking, certainly in the case of small-scale development, everybody or every community has people doing that. So if you can find a couple of folks to begin to learn from and then... If you're not in a community like South Bend, but you're in a smaller town somewhere around South Bend that hasn't developed a kind of an ecosystem, then bring it together. Mm-hmm. Get other people at the table. The One of the biggest things that made a difference in South Bend is we've had people doing uh, small-scale development you know, forever in this community. This is how this community was built. But until recently, we didn't know each other. And now there's about 15, 17, 18 of us, and we know each other, and we support each other, and we collaborate with each other. We're not people who come to fix, flip, make a buck, and walk mm-hmm. away. Right. That's not the case. What we're here to do is help to create a place we live in. We don't call what we do developing. We call it farming because we're there year after year mm-hmm. after year. My first project, when I got done with it, I put $180,000 into it. It only appraised it one hundred and fifty. dollars In normal base, I would be out of business. But because I'm a farmer, not a developer, next year, I moved on to another project. Next year, I moved on to another project. And now seven years later, that project is now worth more uh, than what I put into it. I was able able to get enough rent to sort of keep it going mm-hmm. but I couldn't just fix and flip and I didn't want to do that. Sure. I wanted to make a difference for us. The project is never this or that house or building. The project is the neighborhood and the community.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's really sage advice and a good way to think about it because that's how a community builds. It's not one and done. So I'm curious, what are you most proud of with the work that you're doing now?
0: I think what I'm most proud of is really two things. Number one, you walk down Portage uh, between Rex and California now, and it's like wow. Mm-hmm. I talked to a, a community development official five, six, seven years ago, and uh, about some other stuff we were working on, uh, wanted to do with them. And I told him, "Well, I am working uh, on Portage Avenue and in your Northridge neighborhood." She went yuck, and I said, "No, it's a great neighborhood." She went yuck. Well, the reason she felt that way is she didn't live there. And when she went through it, it didn't look good. Yeah. Now, when you go by there, you look at Botany, you look at the Portage Collective, you look at the bakery building, the Ward Bakery building, which is sort of the most recent project we're working on, our biggest lift, it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on a Saturday afternoon or a Friday night for First Fridays, you know, we're a hopping place, yeah. so that's one thing. Perhaps the other thing I'm most proud of, and perhaps even more proud of, and I think more important, is that this doesn't hasn't been about me. You know, I've been able to work with and learn from others, and together we've been able to build this ecosystem that is enabling you know more people across the community in a way that is intentionally inclusive. It's not just you know a few people who you know 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 the know the mayor and know a few bankers. This is across the the community in all of our neighborhoods, working together, supporting each other, and we're all. Helping others to do it not only here in South Bend but also trying to help people in other communities as well.
1: so is there when you're going out into other communities or maybe even when you were starting here, what what have been the maybe challenges or naysayers or obstacles that have been in front of you that?
0: well, whenever you do anything, uh, there's going to be challenges. You know our biggest challenge, quite frankly uh, is trying to get money. Mm. You know, and it doesn't take a lot to get started. You know, I happen to you know having a 30-year successful career, I could start faster than other could start. But once you start to um, try to scale up your projects a bit, if you're working in a previously uh, redlined uh, uh, neighborhood, um, now they talk to you about an appraisal gap, uh, and so it's very hard to get the money uh, to to do that. So that's one of the big challenges to run into. The rest of it is just it's just about you know we sometimes call it humor, heart, and, and hustle. You you. When you get started, you gotta do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have the money to hire somebody and you know, be your construction manager, or something like that, you know. So uh, for me, I was sort of head head cheerleader and chief bottle washer. Now I can begin to hire some of that work out and I always had to hire out the professional trades, but I don't have to do the same kind of painting and tear out I once did, although I still do some of that.
1: So this is a little out of left field, but given Given what you've been working on, and you hear or I have been hearing over and over, we don't have enough housing. We there's nowhere for anyone to move. And I live west of town, a west of South Bend, and. and- can contradict some of that, but I'm curious your perspective on when you hear we don't have enough housing, how would you solve for housing?
0: Well, I think that we have to increase our density in the city. And I think that the recent changes in our zoning codes have have allowed for that so that now what we can put what's called auxiliary dwelling units in backyards. I'd encourage everybody who can in the city, you know, if you got room for a, a small house, tiny house or an addition, do it. You can make some extra money. You can provide some housing uh, available out there. I think we need to do more infill on our, our infill lots, but quite frankly, I think we really need to focus as much as we can on multifamily housing because single family housing is just not affordable. You know, It's costing $220 or more per square foot. Do the math on that. If you build a 1200 square foot house, you just have to spend about $260,000 in order to be able to buy that house. You spend a third of your income on your housing, typically. So that means if you're spending 260, you need to be making somewhere around 82, 84, five thousand dollars a year. Our median income is 46 thousand dollars in the household. So what we've got to do is begin to figure out, you know, how to sort of build for the market, right size our residents, not build everything so it's you know 15. I mean, 2400 square foot, and then you know get some greater efficiencies uh, by putting more than one unit. Uh, Under a single roof. Mm
1: -hmm. Couldn't agree more. When you think about future, what does the conclusion of this look like for you? When will you say, "Okay, it's time for me to take a break for real now"?
0: Well, if I'm seven years into the project and I know I've got (laughs) another uh, eight to go, and it's 2023, then that tells me maybe 2031. But everybody says, you know, always have one b hag, one big hairy a goal. Yep. Right. Uh, Well, my crazy one, I don't think it'll ever happen, but there's anybody out there listening would be interested. I would like to see us build a 10 story fully wooden high rise in the middle of South Bend over in Sweden. That's what they're doing now. They're not building with metal and concrete anymore. They're starting to move to wood. It's more sustainable. We have the capacity to do that. And, you know, if I can get this other work done, then maybe I'll uh, take a look at something like that.
1: I think that would make our skyline pretty interesting. I
0: think it would be extremely cool. Um, we, you know, we had uh, the Troyer group that was here in in, in town, still is. They helped uh, uh, to build the Ark in Cincinnati, mm. just south of there in Ohio. Well, that project would be no more uh, difficult uh, than this. Yeah. Uh, so we've got the skills to do it. You know, the question is, can we get the cash together? We got a place. Anybody interested?
1: I like it good call to action there. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure for anyone there. We've got no, some I haven't
0: named anybody. I got some, got some people in mind, but uh...
1: <laughs> so last couple of questions just thinking about so obviously we represent an entire region, three counties. I'm curious if outside of South Bend from the near Northwest neighborhood, is there anyone else that you're working with across the region? I know you mentioned your like nationwide approach and working right. with folks from all over the in strong towns. Are those conversations happening anywhere else? In the region? Yes.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I think that uh, we're getting people who are, you know, joining us from Elkhart. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this town, town makers uh, group, a 12-strap group that meets... Uh, the first Wednesday of every month at the, the, the public library, we've had people joining us from Goshen and from Elkhart and from Niles. And, and we've had some phone calls and talked to some folks over in Goshen, uh, a little bit in Elkhart. We were really starting, I think, to get some, uh, some bite uh, and then COVID hit. Mm. And that kind of slowed things down. But it seems like you know, some of those co- conversations are starting to uh, start up again.
1: Oh, good. That's great. Um- is there anything else that you think people should be aware of with your projects or if 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 there's a way for folks to get involved with what you're doing what what does that look like?
0: Well, two two things. It looks like if you're interested in you know any kind of small scale development uh, or even uh, emerging uh, entrepreneurialism, you know you can join a town, our townmakers group or you can you can track me down. I'm not hard to find, yeah. and I, I do a lot of mentoring and I talk to a lot of folks. Um, so that's that's one thing. The other thing is, quite frankly, there's a lot of us working on you know, redoing some of these smaller buildings. You know, whether it's uh, Charity Stowe or it's uh, Sarah Hill and, and Jennifer. Henke, her her partners, uh, and quite frankly, you know, we can develop all we want, but if we don't get tenants. It ain't going to work. Yeah, And so, you know, uh, we're hoping to open a bakery in about a year. We need tenants. We're going to have space between 200 and 2,000 square feet. We need tenants. But uh, Sarah and Penny, they've got their place on uh, Michigan across from the, from the post office. They could use tenants mm-hmm. now. And uh, charity's doing a space that's going to be open probably in about, uh, I don't know, eight, nine months. Uh, so, you know, pay attention to your local small scale developers. And, you know, Go see if you can rent space from. And then the other thing is shop locally. Mm-hmm. You know, stop buying stuff from people who the money is being sent somewhere else, right? Come and, and shop with, with us, with the people who have created our businesses here in this region. It's what makes us special. It's what can actually help all of us.
1: Well, that is a great note to end on. Couldn't agree more. So thank you very much for joining us today. Really appreciate it
0: thank you for having me and I I appreciate this opportunity and thank you for the work you do. The South Bend Elkhart Partnership is is, is just doing some really terrific stuff and, and, and focusing on some of the really smart things. So I appreciate that.
1: Thank you.